welcome back to the next episode of the Lancer Report. I'm here with Jacob once again. How are you doing today, Jacob? Well, yeah, I'm doing real good. It's a beautiful day out. I'm here on this great podcast. I mean, what else could I ask for? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Got a great episode coming up, uh, surrounded about football. Uh, have you been into any Worcester State uh, football games in your tenure at Worcester State? I have not. Um, I've been really? a, uh, my entire college you know, career, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have not had the luxury of going to see a game. Uh, I know a couple of p- people on the team, but just haven't got around to it yet. Mm-hmm. I got you. Who do you know on the team? Uh, Steve Miranda. I used to play uh, lacrosse with him back in high school. That's cool. That's cool. I don't think I know anybody on the team, but I used to do work study for Worcester State, so I ended up working a bunch of the games. Uh, you never got to Worcester State for any of the homecoming games or the events of that? None. I wish I did, though. Now mm-hmm. we're going to, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think both of the homecoming games that I was there for, um, I worked. And so I was uh, working the whole season, and there were lots of people in the crowd. And then the homecoming games came around, and it was just – like two times the decibel level, like so loud. Everyone was just rowdy and ready to rumble. But this year, unfortunately, things are a little different. So uh, it's just practices right now. And what were you saying? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, that must, I mean, sorry, we're out, while we're getting into it, I mean, that just must be so hard for the players. Yeah. I mean, they played, you know, they have that atmosphere. You know, they played, uh, you know, hear all their fans scream their names and all that. I mean, it, you know, that's just something – that I, I, if I was playing football, I know that would be a, a hard miss for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, we've seen, as we've talked to a bunch of the other coaches and uh, players in our previous episodes, that uh, they're required to wear masks, right? So how do you think how hard it would be to wear masks during um, practice? During the game, I mean, it'd be tough. I think the adrenaline of the game um, – I think that's going to take over. I really do. I think that while you're in it, you're not going to really notice it, um, you know, because they're, you know, adrenaline's pumping. They don't. They're just trying to sack the QB. They're trying to catch the ball. You know, they're just trying to get a play going. You know, what I mean, I don't think they're going to really notice the mask as much as um, we'd expect it to. You know, I mean, yeah. I work, I work eight-hour days, and half the time I kind of forget I have a mask on. So mm-hmm. you know, it happens. You know. No, yeah, I mean, it's definitely weird. I mean, we talked about homecoming. Homecoming was supposed to be last weekend at this point when we're recording this, and it's just so weird because I personally, I know you've always been a commuter, but I've lived on campus for the first three years of my uh, time at Worcester State, and this year I'm at home. And so the fact that homecoming was supposed to be last weekend is so weird to me because time's just been flying during this like quarantine, I guess you can call it kind of still period uh, where we're just all stuck inside. How has it been going for you just in general? Has time been going fast or slow? It's been going slow. I'll say <laughs> uh, not much to do in my little town. Um, you know, I got a new apartment. It's fine. It's cool. But I mean, other than that, there's nothing much going on really. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same with everyone really, but yeah, things, but we got to do what we got. Weird situation. It is what it is. Uh, you mentioned you played the cross with Stephen Miranda uh, a long time ago. Did you ever play football or are you not a football guy in high school? I wasn't a football guy. Um, I was a lot scrawnier in football, you know, high school, a lot smaller. I was probably like 185, 5, I don't know, 7. Mm-hmm. I, was a, I was a tiny one. So, I mean, I never got the chance. Um, I always say I would like to, but my other buddies who did play in the football team, they, you know, always tell me how I'd get smoked out there. <laughs> it's not a chance. 
Um, so, I mean, I, I, as much as I say I would like to play, I know it would not have gone well. So. Yeah, no. Not, not for me either. My brother's built like a, a little tank. Uh, my, the coach always wanted him to play fullback for him, but I was tiny going into high school. I, I think when I was a freshman, I was like four foot ten and like 160. Like I was, I was a tiny dude. I've grown a lot since then. Uh, thank God. But it, it, I would have gotten wrecked on the football field. I don't even know what position I would have played. I just know that there would be a 200 pound lineman coming out of the backfield to just <laughs> tackle me before I got anywhere. Yeah. It's, it, it, it would not have been a good look. What position do you think you would have played if you were to play football? All right. Me and my buddies, believe it or not, we're actually talking about this last night. Um, It'd be two positions. It'd be either one, a linebacker, or two, a wide receiver. Linebacker, I mean, I don't think I'd do good. It'd be terrible, but I'd go out there and I'd try my best. But wide receiver, if you hit me in the mitts, I'm not dropping it. I'd be an all-hands all team on the NFL if I could. I wouldn't okay. drop the ball. All right. I'd run in the middle, I'd do a slant, and I'd get wrecked real quick, and then it'd be the next play. All right. I respect that. Um, I'm definitely not fast enough to be a wide receiver personally uh, or, a, or a cornerback. I think I'd probably be like a safety because I think I can read defenses pretty well. It's just the like the running aspect of trying to keep up with receivers that I think I'd struggle with. So if I could stand in the backfield, read the play, and then uh, get interceptions, I'd get 50 a season, I swear. 50, 50 picks, like three a game. Easy. Easy fifty picks, but anything. So safety, QB, that'd be the I could terrible those. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, we'd have to see. On the topic of football, are you a fantasy football guy? Do you play? Big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's the star of your team this year? This year, it's been Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Um, just made a big trade the other day. Um, kind of bananas trade, but I received Julio and Jamal Williams. For Cole Beasley and Dave Montgomery. So wait, so you got Julio Jones for David Montgomery and Cole Beasley. So now my team consists of Adam Thielen, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, my Douglas Lair, in a 14 man league. You know what I mean? So Wow. He's looking looking pretty good right now. I mean that's impressive. But it's looking good. Yeah. What's your record uh, to this point in the season? One and three. Yeah, I, I'm also one in three. It's not yeah. going well. <laughs> What's going on? It's ridiculous. I mean, my team consists of – I have Matt Ryan. I have kind of a, like a three-headed monster at quarterback because I don't trust any of them. I have Matt Ryan, Joe Burrow, and Teddy Bridgewater. Don't mm-hmm. trust any of them. I had hey. Dak, had Des Prescott, but I traded him because – right? You could – you could be me. I have Fitch Magic on my starting QB right now, so it could be worse. It could be worse. It's magic. That's impressive. It's just uh, my my buddy the other week asked me, should I start Patrick Mahomes or Gardner Minshew? And I told him, why why would you ever <laughs> ever start Gardner Minshew? But he started Gardner Minshew and he lost. <laughs> I played him in a game that I needed to win, like two mm-hmm. weeks ago. And he was doing good. He had like 22, 25 points in the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Throws me up, what was it, nine points? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him, but. Gotta look. Sometimes you can't trust them. Mm-hmm. Out, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I've had a league with my buddies from high school for years. I think this is our sixth or seventh year. Uh, my friend Danny or my brother have won every single year. I've gotten smoked and no, no chance. And it's a keeper league, right? So I, I, I kept Michael Thomas, who's been you know on a tear this year. Of course, is getting injured in week one. So I've gotten about zero points from him. 
I've been wheeling and dealing all year, though, making trades. I got Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, and Miles Sanders, and James Robinson. So my, got him too. my, my running backs are okay. I've got, like, Terry McLaurin, Robbie Anderson. So it, it's, like, very up and down. It, I don't know how it'll do. Uh, but like I said, one and three. So obviously not working so far. I'm telling you, the next move you got to make, get Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is – he's riding high this week. Everyone's going to sell hot, buy high in him. And then he's going to have a bad week this week with Baltimore coming up. After this, I think it's going to be smooth sailing. Like he does every single past year where he's terrible for the first half and the second half he puts up 25, 25, 25, three, stakes, three weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You see, I've tried – I tried to get Joe Mixon earlier this season. The issue being he's on my brother's team who just – asks for my entire roster for one player because he's stingy but it is what it is at that point uh and shout out to our uh, our boss for bragging that he's three and one uh in the chat as we're recording this i appreciate the confidence in our uh, one and three rosters hashtag swag hashtag swag coming out the big the big uh brag from him there but anyways on the topic of football like we've been talking about we have a great interview coming up with uh head coach uh, adam peliquin of the worcester state football team uh you looking forward to it jacob oh yeah i mean i guess i know a couple guys on the team um you know I, i'm really excited to see if he has any stories about them and uh how's kind of been keeping them you know amped up for the season how he's been trying to motivate them and going on through everything we got going on right now so uh, it should be a great interview, and I'm uh, really excited for it. Yep, definitely to, excited to see what insights you can bring and uh, see if you can tell us anything about the season, the practice, and how it's all going. So uh, we'll throw it over to our interview with him. It's our pleasure to introduce you, uh, the head coach of the Worcester State football team, Adam Pelleguin. How are you doing today, Coach Pell? It's a great day to be a Lancer Jack. I'm uh, happy to be on with you guys. Look forward to talking about the program. Appreciate it. Awesome. So this is your first year as head coach of the football team. Uh, you're replacing former head coach Brian Cohen as you announced a t- retirement last season. Uh, after working under Coach Cohen for so many years, how does it feel to step in as a new head coach? Big shoes to fill. Um, you know, I coached with Coach Cohen for eight seasons. I played for him for three years before that. So uh, he's someone who's had a huge impact on my life. And then you look at the success he's had here over a 37-year tenure, you know, uh, 180 something wins, seven conference championships, um, impacted so many guys like he, he did to me. So uh, huge shoes to fill, but I, I'm excited and, and honored both that, you know, as we head into a new era of Worcester State football, that I get a chance to put my own stamp on it and try to take it in a, in a different direction. So uh, it's, exciting a little anxiety trying to you know get things in place get things started um but uh i think there's a a lot of hope for this program and a lot of promise so just trying to build off what we have yeah that sounds great uh before this year like you were talking about you were the offensive line coach and then the offensive coordinator you've also been involved with coaching special teams and even acted as the director of football operations what do you see as the biggest challenge as you transition into the role of head coach the, the biggest thing, and I think it's with anybody in any leadership position anywhere, is now you're the guy in charge. You know, you make the final decision. And all those different titles I've held over the previous eight seasons, that's great. I did a lot of things, but I was just making recommendations to Coach Cullen, and it was, it was his call. 
and we went out and, you know, as assistant coaches, you, you carry on whatever the head coach wants. Um, now it's on me. So uh, that's, that's the biggest change, you know, being the man in the, in the chair to make those big calls for the program. And uh, it's exciting to, to be able to have that, that control and that final say. And, you know, I'm looking forward now to having my assistant coaches bring me their suggestions and find the right path forward for us. Absolutely. Uh, this season's going to be like any other. Isn't going to be like any other. Uh, football is probably the sport that is most affected uh, with everything going on right now. Uh, seeing that there isn't anything going on with games uh, going in the foreseeable future, uh, how practice has been going so far? They've been going great. Uh, it's obviously we're, we're limited with what we can do with the, the state and schools COVID guidelines. And football is you know the high, one of the highest risk sports out there, like you said, Jacob. So um, we have a lot of things we have to navigate through in order to have practice. But our guys have enjoyed being out there with their teammates and to be able to work on some football. And we as coaches have, have relished that as well. Um, so I, I think that the energy has been very positive and we've gotten a lot of work in and we've gotten a lot better since day one. So um, it's been productive. Hopefully we, over the past few weeks, can continue to improve and lay that foundation for whenever we can get back to uh, a more normal time for football. Yeah, things definitely have to be much different than past seasons. I, I can't even imagine personally, but what, what would you say have been the biggest changes and challenges in practices in terms of how players are even allowed to play the game in general? Well, I, I think for our guys, the, the toughest thing is having to have the mask on and everybody's doing it. Every sport is the same. You have to compete with the mask on. Uh, but know, running sprints and uh, running through agility drills and these guys are getting gassed, but you got to keep that mask on. And um, it, it, that is the, I think, biggest challenge for them. And then positionally, uh, you look at the, the line positions, you know, we, we're not allowed contact, but that's the nature of being an offensive and defensive lineman. So how do you find a way to work on those skills while keeping in mind that you can't touch each other? That, that's been a challenge to make sure that they're getting the work in. And then, you know, tackling. Uh, we, we've been able to do some tackling work uh, while keeping space from each other. And, you know, we've got, it's been productive. We've gotten better at the skills, but, uh, you know, we can see the itch in our guys when they're doing tackling drills. They want to have contact. They want to wrap up. Uh, so just being mindful of that has been an obstacle for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so in our previous episode, we talked to a couple members of the field hockey team, and they told us they were focusing on a lot of sk on skill work. Uh, would you say that the football team has been doing the same, or has there been a focus more elsewhere, like you said, like the um, you know conditioning and such like that? You know, I, I would love to be one of the programs around the country that are in pads and having full contact practices, and they're out there. But in the same breath, I think – this fall and our format has afforded us an opportunity to really take things down to a foundational level. And yes, we're doing that with some heavy conditioning work to build some athletic skills, but we're also doing it by focusing on the football fundamentals and really taking our time to develop basic body mechanics on the field as it relates to tackling, as it relates to getting in a position for blocking. Uh, and then with our schemes, you know, we can just really focus on our core couple of schemes offensively, defensively, and special teams and develop that foundation for when we do get to rep it live, hopefully this spring, uh, we can 
have a deeper understanding of what's going on versus the looks we're going to have to go against. So um, it, it's been a, a good opportunity to develop that baseline skill for all our players and, and get a good foundation for the future. Yeah. Before we uh, go on to the next question I have written down, we keep saying conditioning. How, how many laps do those guys run in Pell? <laughs> we're not a lap program. We're not no. a lap program. No. We try to mix it up on them. You know, we're All doing right. some days it's, it's different agility movements, you know, through the cones, through the bags. Some days it's uh, a plyometric work with jumping and transitioning our jumps into sprints and doing some good skills with those. Uh, some days it's, hey, get on the line. Let's run some sprints. You can have that. That's part of it. <laughs> That's a little bit of, uh, you know, it, it trains you physically, but it trains you mentally as well. So um, we, we try to vary what we do and keep the guys on their toes because we don't want them to uh, comfortably adapt to what's happening in practice. You have to have that element of surprise. So I, I think we've done a, a, an okay job of mixing it up on them and um, keep challenging them too. So it, it, it's been productive conditioning. For sure. Do you think I, you think I could make it on the football team, pal? Would I have a role there? Anything? Yeah, I saw you hustle for me as a work study for a couple of years. I'm waiting for you to get out there now with the pads on. I want to see it, man. I appreciate the confidence. I, I think I'd uh, I'd get rocked, but that's okay. Uh, without naming any names, and unless you want to, of course, how have regulations affected all the positions on the field? Would you say certain positions are having an easier time dealing with the the new regulations? Yeah, the kickers got it easy. Well, they're not having contact anyway. Uh, hopefully, so they they've been able to work pretty uh pretty regularly. The the toughest thing, and I hinted at it previously, is for the offensive and defensive line. You know, uh, even in in where we line up, uh, we have to be spaced out properly. So we can't have you uh, the typical splits that you have uh, on an over D line, and uh, you know you can't play with the hand fighting and and develop the blocking. So uh, that's been the biggest challenge has been for that group. The other uh, more intermediate positions or, or true skill positions, we can still do a lot of our technique work. So that hasn't been terrible. Um, it's just the big dogs. And the big dogs always get the short end of the stick. You know, they're the guys that are in the, the way of practice and you're always yelling at them to move. They're the guys that don't want to condition. And uh, now they're, they're getting a stiffed a little bit of practice, but we're still finding ways to make it productive for them. But I mean, hey, you were an offensive lineman, right? So you got a feel for them at that point. I do. That's someone at the home who understands. I feel their plight always, always. Um, you know, and I, I think that actually gives me a, a different perspective when it comes to managing a practice too. Just you know, making sure we're not doing things that are unproductive for them um, that might be more productive for some of the skill guys. How can we modify it to get the most for it out of uh, most out of it for the linemen? Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that will be affecting not only the athletes, but the students on general on campus in general is the lack of the homecoming game. Uh, this along with the loss of games in general has to be taking a toll on the players. Uh, how these, how have they been able to amp themselves up during practice? Um, and how have the coaches been able to help with that process? Everybody wants to play games. It's, it's tough when you get to the, that part of the fall and, you know, it's football weather and, and there are no games at our level um, in New England. You see, you know, around the country, teams playing football, and you know it's tough. Um, I, I think again because these guys have been out of it for so many months now due to the COVID pandemic, to have some sort of football activity uh, is exciting itself. To be able to get out there with your friends and teammates, and to be able to work on your skills and get ready for whatever games do come. 
I think is exciting for these guys. And as coaches, you know, we're trying to bring the energy to practice to give them a little juice. You gotta, you gotta fire up the guys uh, to get them excited to be out there too. So um, my assistants and I have, have tried to keep that in mind as we go forward, you know, make it fun, make it exciting, make it new every day for these guys. And uh, my, my staff has done a, a great job of uh, bringing that energy and the players have bought into it. So we're, we're making the most of it. Hopefully we can get to some games soon. And we keep talking about these games and there's been no confirmation whatsoever, but you never know what could happen in the spring. Uh, if there could be a delayed season or something like that. Have you talked with the team at all about this possibility or has most of the focus been going into the practices that are happening? We mentioned it a little bit. That's, that's like the, you know, given the, the, cart before the horse almost. Uh, we want to let it come naturally and keep be mindful of where we are right now in the fall, but you have to give them a carrot. And it, we don't talk about a jack necessarily that, hey, we're playing in the spring at, as much as we need to be prepared for when we do play, whether that's the spring, whether that's the fall. Everything we're doing right now is in preparation for when those games come. So we want to keep them focused on the here and now, but you have to also give them that extrinsic, extrinsic motivation to, uh, to, to keep working, keep coming every day. And it's a delicate balance, but um, our guys have done a good job of, of being mindful of where we're at and what the goal is right now. So hopefully we can keep that mindset over the last few weeks of practice. Sure, yeah. And talking about practice real quick, are you guys playing any uh, like games or anything to keep it fun and light? Like, well, not like actual games because there's no contact, but are the wide receivers having like many competitions? Is, is there like a, a nice competitive atmosphere in the practices to keep themselves entertained or just into it? We try to incorporate competition into almost everything that we do. So it, every practice, we have a competitive period where we'll call out two position groups on either side of the ball and they're going to do a 5-10-5 uh, a shuttle. They're going to do a 40-yard dash. They're going to do a, a planking contest to see if you can hold a plank the longest. And then the losing side has to do push-ups, has to do a little extra running, whatever it is. And we've incorporated that into a couple other of our special teams drills that we've been doing uh, because competition breeds success. And I, I think it adds that extra juice to practice as well. So we want to find a way to do that as much as we can. Our guys have enjoyed it. They, again, they, they've showed high energy when we get to those periods and it carries throughout practice. So uh, we're going to keep doing that here through the, the fall and, and keep building off of that atmosphere. Uh, long record uh, for the plankings, by the way, I think we had about two, just over two minutes of, of planking. Uh, that was uh, a running backs, linebackers. That was a good showing that day. It's about double my time, so. <laughs> I, 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 as a lineman, I could not be planking that much. <laughs> no, sir. Along with your roles with the football team, you also serve as the contest coordinator with the athletic department. This means you're helping with game day management, setting up of co contests, and assisting with team travel. How have the, these various roles been affected with the new rules and gui guidelines? Well, with no games being played this fall semester, it's created a lot more time for me to focus on football. Um, the administrative duties right now of my position have been light. Uh, you know, I'm a game day kind of guy. Uh, that, that's when the games happen, that's when that job is live. Um, so I haven't had a game since I think February or March. Um, so these duties have, have not disappeared entirely, but it has been a lot lighter, which has been great 
for me from my football coaching perspective because it's allowed me to really develop some of the things that uh, we're planning to do with the program. So that's been helpful. Um, that being said, there are still some of the administrative tasks I have to do. Uh, the biggest one is scheduling, whether it's discussing uh, potential winter and spring schedules for this school year uh, with the peer institutions in the league, or whether it's trying to produce next year's schedule, the future schedules for the fall sports, which we're uh, starting to do right now. Um, there's still some duties that have to be managed, but it's really light right now, which I'm not complaining about. For sure. And you mentioned it. So I got to ask, you have any inside scoop that you can tell us about if there's a potential season or is that under wraps for right now? Under wraps. All right. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the last to know, but I'll be the first <laughs> to tell you. Okay. All right. I, I appreciate that. Uh, before we let you go, uh, is there anything else you wanted to say about the team this year, how things have been going? Uh, maybe a little call out to some guys on the team if you wanted to, you know, hype them up, uh, get them in the competitive spirit for next practice to, uh, you know, improve their plank or something. Well, I got to say uh, the, the plank guys, that was James Zaris, uh senior running back, and John McMaster's a freshman linebacker. And um, they, John tried to stick it out, but you can tell he was shaking, he was sweating. And he just he, he couldn't hang on with James there at the end. But that was that was a good challenge. And I was impressed by uh, by both of their efforts on that. And i am really been impressed with team wide. Um, all these guys have been, you know, bringing every day, bringing positive energy, great enthusiasm for the work we're doing. And uh, I'm hopeful that we can keep doing that. We have uh, eight practices left this fall. Let's keep bringing it every day. You know, I, I have a saying I like to, to discuss with people with you have two kinds of energy. You got positive or negative energy. You're an energy giver or an energy vampire. You're sucking it out of the room. And uh, we don't have any energy vampires in the program right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm very glad with the effort and, and the energy through this fall. Got to ask, how's Miranda been doing with the uh, old planks? I haven't had him do it yet. I, <laughs> maybe I'll get Steve out there next. You know, he likes to talk a big game. He's uh I was talking about how skilled he is. So maybe I'll, I'll throw him out on the plank on the next round. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, thanks so much for coming on the show with talk to us. Uh, you know, a lot of great insight on the uh, season and how it's been handled by uh, everyone, not alone you. Uh, so thank you for coming on and uh, good luck with the rest of your season. Jack, Jacob, I appreciate the time today. Uh, this is a great little opportunity that, that you guys give to uh, the athletics programs to talk about what's happening. And uh, it's good to see you. Keep it up. Thank you. All right, and that was our interview with uh, head coach Pell, uh, stepping in for the first year as the head coach of the Worcester State football team. Uh, what do you think were some of the highlights, Jacob? What did you take away most? I mean, the whole thing was spectacular. I mean, I kind of really resonated when he was talking about how he was motivating the team. Um, you know, putting them out there and making them, you know, making it still competitive. You know, that's what they live for. They live for comp um, competition. So having them go out there and, you know, have a, you know, push a competition and whoever loses has to do a couple of laps or, you know, drills here and there. Like, I like that. I, that was really interesting to me. It's, you know, during this time, it's definitely harder to get everyone amped up, um, you know, and especially for football where you can't really have like a normal practice with, you know, contact. Um, so with him being able to find out ways and figure out more ways uh, to make them feel, you know, like they're in the, the games, like they used to be um, that, I mean, that kind of resonated with me. Impressive to me. Yeah, it's got to be hard finding motivation, especially uh, like we were talking about, no games. 
Uh, all of these guys, as you were saying, live for competition. They live for the games. They live for the contact. But football is a level three or stage three. I forget the exact terminology sport. So the likelihood of something happening in the near future is very, very slim. Hopefully they can get something together uh, for the spring season or fall season. Obviously, we have no information on that. Uh, we're not high enough on the totem pole, unfortunately, yet, Jacob. Maybe we can be the insiders soon enough. But uh, Coach Pell is stepping in for, as we said, uh, former head coach, uh, Coach Cullen. Uh, he talked about some of the challenges uh, going on uh, when he steps in. I personally think Pell's going to do a great job. I think his insight as the former O-line coach is really, really interesting because, like he was talking about, he has the ability to empathize with those guys because uh, those guys don't always get to be the stars of the show. They're kind of doing all the dirty work. How do you see his roles, uh, his previous roles on the team, helping him out as the new head coach of the Worcester State team? Well, I think it's just communication. I mean, I, in my opinion, uh, I've watched football my entire life. Uh, the, the, the position you have to have most in tune is the offensive line. You have an off- offensive line that's in tune, they're doing well, they work well, and they're given you know, time to the QB then you're going to get the momentum off the offense. You're going to get time. You're going to get rolling. I mean, it's just kind of like Joe Burrow and all that, you know. He has time to pocket now. Just kidding. Um, but, no, yeah, you have time to pocket now. I mean, he has the communication with those players, and he has, you know, past history with that. That's going to resonate with them, and it's going to make the offense flow better going forward. Yeah, I mean, Pell helped coach the offensive line to rushing records or – I guess, holding rushing records uh, in 14, 15 seasons so, uh, back then. So hopefully he can bring some of that energy as the head coach now that he has more, like you said, control in the final decisions on the team. Uh, we talked about this when we were discussing it before the interview. Uh, the idea of masks during the full practices, Coach Pell talked about some of the challenges uh, with that regulation, but he also said that um, it's something they're going to have to deal with and they have been dealing with well. Uh, you also mentioned that you think the adrenaline um, is going to help them power through that. After hearing what Coach Pell had to say, do you still agree with that, what you said earlier? Um, it, it, it died me down a little bit. I mean, again, keep in mind, I'm a guy who's just talking here. You know, he's, mm-hmm. looking, he's seeing the players play every single day, sprinting, all that. He's realizing how, you know, gassed or not they are. Um, he's seeing it, how it affects them. Um, I, you know, I haven't seen it. Uh, so he has a better insight on that than me. Um, so it did definitely when he said that it, it has an effect. Kind of swayed my uh, opinion a little bit. But, you know, I think during games it might change. But I uh, definitely see his point now and see why it does affect him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Coach Pell talked a lot about competition. We talked about it a lot. Um, as we mentioned during the interview, we talked last week or last episode uh, with members of the field hockey team and how they're focusing on skill work. Uh, Pell kind of mentioned a mix of that and conditioning. Do you think that what are, I mean, what are some drills do you think that the team could be running to help focus on skill work? Uh, offensive line is obviously harder, but maybe with the wide receivers, do you think they could run some competitions like who can catch the most in a row? Like how do you think some of that could run to help the players stay interested and amped up in practice? Um, I do think it could help. I mean, again, like I, like I said, I've, I've never really played football before. I don't really know all the drills and all that, but, I know, like you said, there's ways around to help them feel like they're, you know, in the game or something. Um, so, I mean, I think that going forward, you know, having maybe a uh, a type of one-on-one drill, you know, with a receiver and a DB, 
you know, doing that, or they can just, you know, develop plays going forward, you know what I mean? Have an emotion, coordinate, you know, the plays going forward and how they play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, no defense, just offense, stuff like that. I mean, I don't really know how you can play football without a lot of contact and how you can really practice without contact. I, in my opinion, just like he said, I kind of just see it as a conditioning opportunity, um, get them back in shape, make, making sure that they're the most conditioned team on the field. Uh, you know, conditioned team means a winning team. Um, so, I mean, I don't really know all the drills, but in conditioning, I mean, it, it definitely is going to pay out in the long run. Definitely maybe some one-on-one drills, maybe, um, you know, footwork techniques and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's um, but all that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. I think the conditioning is definitely important, but it's also important to have them entertained because if you're having them running, doing conditioning the whole time, they're probably not exactly going to love the practice. But I I think Pell's mixing it up very well from what he said. I think the guys are doing well. Obviously, I'm not there to see it, unfortunately. But for everything he said, it sounds like it's going super well. Um, We don't know if there's going to be a season, unfortunately, a homecoming game like we talked about earlier. Uh, What do you think... No, hold up. Cut that. I was going to ask a question. I don't want to ask. I'm going to cut that out. I was going to ask if you think there should be a season, but I don't want to get into I feel like that. Yeah. I'm not thinking. Yeah. yeah. Don't go there. Yeah. I I, I cut myself off. I I understood. (laughs) I forgot what I was going to say. That's why I started talking about something random. Shit. Yeah, I, I'm probably just going to wrap it up. I completely forgot what I was going to say. It must not have been very good. Oh, okay. I do remember. All right. I'll start up and I can cut it back in. All right. Sounds good. I mean, yeah, obviously, if there's conditioning going on the entire time, uh, players aren't going to have a great time. But from what everything Pell has said, uh, they're having fun. It's going well. They're dealing with the mass effectively. Um, Coach Pell actually said, I should get that out there on the football field. I Coach Pell, I'm just here. If you're listening back to this, gladly come join the team. I'll be the kicker. I'll be the wide receiver, whatever you need me to be. I'm sure Jacob will join me uh, on the run. Jacob, we get to go join the football team soon. I'll be a play sticker. I'll sit there and I'll let you do your stuff. And I'll just be the dummy in the field that entertains, you know? All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll be the team class clowns, I guess. We'll go entertain them during practices. But yeah, I think that gave some really good insight on the football practices, how everything's been going. Uh, is there anything you wanted to say before we start to close this out here? Uh, just a big thank you to Coach Powell. I mean, it, it was really insightful. And, it, uh, it you know, it's really inspiring how he's able to keep motivating the team and keep everything fresh and fun for them. And, you know, because, again, and like, you know, some of us grew up not – you know, some of us grew up thinking that sports is all about winning. Uh, as you grow up, you realize it's more about having fun as well as winning. But – um, and that's what he's trying his best to do. He's trying to make sure that they're still out there. They're still having fun, uh, even during this crazy times. Uh, so, you know, thank you to Coach Powell for, you know, hearing us out and coming on the podcast and talking to us all about everything about it. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, huge thank you uh, to Coach Powell. Appreciate uh, you coming to talk to us. Appreciate everything you're doing with the team to get through these weird times that we're all in right now. And yeah, thank you guys all for listening to the Lancer Report. Uh, We'll see you next time.